Welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're an industry pro, you're building, or you're buying, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. We're coming to you live today from the LP Studios here in Wisconsin. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's topic, 3D printed homes have arrived. All right, guys, this is pretty interesting. And um, I, I wanted to talk about this particular topic, and it's 3D printed homes. And uh, this, this is obviously a very, very new development in our industry. And um, I actually got a, um, a magazine that, uh, a builder magazine that had an article about 3D printed homes. And I wanted to talk about it because uh, obviously not, not all of you are privy to this information. And I think it's pretty, pretty darn interesting. So uh, to give you a little history on this, first off, uh, I think it was about th three years ago, and it was pre-COVID, I was asked to give a presentation about emerging technology and the future of home building. And I had a group with me and we discussed, or I, I brought up uh, 3D printing of homes. And I think people thought I was nuts. They didn't think that would ever happen. And I said, look, it's going to happen. And I didn't have a lot of information really to back that up at the time other than, you know, I heard they were working on the technology. I'm like, oh, if they're working on the technology, it's going to happen. Now, my thought on it was a little different where they would 3D print panels and uh, either assemble those panels or 3D print them and then deliver them, you know, or again, we're talking future, deliver them by drone. That didn't happen. But what has happened is a project down in Austin, Texas. And so I want to give credit where credit's due, first of all. Um, it's uh, The company's name is Icon that's doing this particular project. And uh, they are um, working with a company uh, called Logan Architecture. And they're the ones that designed this. And then the property developer was called Three Strands. And this was just a very small project of four homes. And they're all 3D printed. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But the person that kind of gathered this information, she did a site tour of it, took some pictures, also did a really cool YouTube video as well that I can put the link in uh, the podcast here. I don't normally like to, uh, you know, promote other people, especially someone that I haven't even met. But I thought she did a really nice job of not only encapsulating what happened here, but, uh, you know, taking pictures and then doing a really nice video documentary as well. And her name is Belinda Carr. So you can look that up. Like I said, I'll put the link in the podcast if you want to watch her little video about it. But uh, <clears throat> again, let's talk about this because it's pretty interesting how they did it, some of the things that they found out. So first and foremost, I guess uh, they 3D printed this home. Now, the entire home is not 3D printed. Only the main level of the home is 3D printed. So they brought in um, a very large, they call it their Vulcan printer, and it lays down an inch thick by two inch wide bead of concrete and they can put between five to seven uh, horizontal inches per second. So it goes pretty fast. And how the wall is built is that there's two layers. 
So they'll have an outside and an inside layer. And then on the inside, they put a foam insulation core. Okay, so that's the exterior wall. And then the interior wall is just a single layer uh, of concrete. So again, it's only about an inch thick, but again, it, it's, it, it's a solid concrete. And uh, it has some benefits to it, obviously, but uh, uh, there's also obvious drawbacks as well. All right. So in order to make this work, what they did, and I think it's pretty interesting, is they've created their own blend of concrete. They have a proprietary blend. They call it Lavacrete. And basically what it is is it's um, a concrete mix that doesn't have gravel or really coarse pieces in it. So um, it comes out a little bit more. It look, almost looks like soft serve ice cream coming out if, if it were gray. Um, so that way it comes out somewhat consistently um, and it's got a, enough form to it. It's already thick enough uh, where it's going to hold its shape generally. So it'll kind of pour out, um, settle a little bit, but it, it's not going to, you know, slump down or that kind of thing. So you definitely have to change your mix of concrete when you're doing something like this and get it a little bit thicker um, so that it doesn't all kind of just compact upon itself. And also when they're printing this, obviously they're not doing short runs or doing longer runs. And that's interesting as well, because obviously if you did shorter runs, you know, you, you're kind of stacking this concrete on top of itself very quickly before it has time to set. So, you know, if you can imagine doing even a 12-foot wall section or something like that, uh, or even longer, you know, at least there's some time for it to kind of set up uh, before you come back around and hit it again. So that's kind of interesting. Okay, so anyway, they like I mentioned, they, they 3D print the first floor of the residence, and then they stick frame the upper section of the residence. So that way it can be a two-story home, but yet, um, you know, the reason why they're not 3D printing the second floor is, one, it's concrete. Two, the machine only has a certain amount of height to it, so it's able to do that first level, but um, there's not really a way to propel that thing up higher or lift it up and and do a, a stacked second floor on top of it. The other interesting thing with how they did this is that the bottom level of, of the residence is is got kind of rounded corners. So like when you go around a corner, instead of it being a 45 degree, it's a rounded um, curved corner. And up above, then they use kind of square framing and square technique uh, so it kind of creates some interesting visual elements by doing that, uh, kind of breaks it up. So it almost looks like this house is sitting up on top of, uh, it's perched up there, uh, and, and it creates kind of a different look. Now, one of the challenges with 3D printing that's something that's going to have to get improved and worked on is that, um, you know, overall, you know, you're going to get this sort of strafed look, this kind of stacked you know, imagine these kind of round beads just stacked one upon each other. Almost looks like a beehive or something if you, if you had to explain it um, without seeing it. But the challenge is that um, the edges aren't very even. So when you get to a point where you're coming up upon a window or something like that, um, that's where there's some challenges because there's these bulges that come out by window and door frames. And basically what happens is the 3D printer is wobbling as it um, goes back and forth. And so it, it's not super consistent as far as the exact finish point. 
So you could have some gaps uh, and sometimes a fairly large gap uh, between those areas. And again, I think the only way to really try and hide that um, is to go back over and then caulk the 3D printed concrete against, you know, if you've got a drywall um, section or something there to try and cover some of that up. But I guess as of right now, that's an imperfection and, and maybe that's that's uh, visually interesting to some people, but it definitely, when you look at it, you're, you're going to notice it for sure. So again, you've got basically this concrete, um, you know, structure outside and inside. And, you know, it's pretty interesting how they do this. Now, when they built it, the, the 3D printing aspect of this project took uh, anywhere from five to seven days per, um, you know, per building. So that first floor, you know, and you look at the size of these buildings, they're not huge. I don't know that it's any faster uh, than, than framing. In fact, it's probably slower than traditional framing, although you're, you know, getting rid of a lot of the labor component with it. Uh, but it did take them a while to get that ready to go. Um, some of the other challenges that they had besides the uh, unevenness, especially of uh, doorways and windows, is how do you put electrical outlets and electrical devices in this concrete wall? And so obviously you do have that kind of open center section, so you could run some wire <coughs> excuse me, and cut out openings for outlets. Uh, but then trying to get a faceplate in there and have it actually sit in there really nicely uh, and those kind of things is a challenge. But you can do that. The other thing that they did, which was kind of interesting, is they they had a couple spots where they bulked out. So you had your concrete wall, and then they just framed a really small wall in front of it. So like they had a window, then they had a little drywalled wall in front of the concrete wall, and then they buried in a lot of electrical and plumbing lines and things like that in that that wall and it, it created a different visual element because you, if you can imagine you've got these sort of horizontally strafed concrete walls then also you have this very smooth drywall wall that kind of sticks out a little bit from it so it did kind of create some visual element and some different textures which was pretty cool uh, but that was how they kind of integrated to get some of the plumbing and electrical in uh, the disadvantage of that of course is if you're just only doing that in a section or two it becomes rather difficult if you ever want to look at remodeling the project because you're basically stuck with that section for all your mechanicals. The other thing that they did, because it's obviously rather difficult once you have solid concrete to put any pictures or anything up, <clears throat> what they did is they put a very small uh, rail up above at the between the ceiling and the top of the floor, or the top of the wall, rather, and they could hang down some... Uh, they call them picture rails, and it's just basically like a transparent cable that comes down, and that way you can hang pictures uh, on an occasion. You didn't really see the wire coming down, so that's kind of how they um, allowed or created uh, an opportunity to decorate uh, the home and add a little visual element. Um, and then, of course, the other challenge was trying to install cabinetry up, up against a uh, again, a concrete wall, so that was challenging as well. Now, some of the, the benefits of this particular type of construction, besides obviously reducing the labor uh, and featuring a new technology, is that when you're using you know concrete for the product, um, it, it can be a lot quieter. So it, it's a very quiet home. 
Um, and the energy efficiency is pretty good because you've got, um, uh, you know, foam in there. There's not a lot of um, thermal um, uh, air leakage and things like that. Um, so, and you don't have the thermal bridging that you would have with a typical um, framed home. Uh, where you see everywhere that there's studs, you can kind of see where there's some energy loss or see energy loss in the corners. You don't really have that, which I think is pretty good. Um, so that's one of the benefits of it, obviously. Uh, what will be interesting to watch kind of in the future is, you know, how does this concrete hold up? Is it going to start to crack? Uh, what is it going to look like in five years, 10 years from now? Um, I know they do paint the the outside of these as well, so they're not necessarily gray. You can paint them any color. Uh, how long is the repaint time on it? Obviously, the rest of the maintenance on that bottom part is probably pretty minimal. Um, the other thing that um, uh, Belinda did here that was interesting is she did uh, check uh, the CO2 levels, and, and she talks a little bit about the uh, airflow and um, the air quality in the unit. And uh, they did put in uh, ERV, an energy recovery ventilating system, uh, which brings in fresh air exchanges because I think you're going to not have as much air exchange when you're kind of in this concrete section. And um, she checked the CO2 levels and she said that they did um, spike uh, throughout the evening while she was staying over at the home. And so that's interesting to kind of note and see if they're actually getting proper air exchanges or not. Um, so that's something that I think definitely has to be monitored as well. Um, I think that could be a challenge. Obviously, other challenges for this particular type of construction is that works great down south in a Texas, Arizona, maybe even a Florida type market where, you know, it's warmer throughout the year. Um, the land is fairly flat and you can do these kind of things. Trying to put something like this in and in a Wisconsin market where we have lots of terrain, where we have... Um, several months of poor climate would be uh, rather rather challenging. So it could work on an infill site. You know, think of a, a downtown Milwaukee, you know, acre parcel of land where you can maybe squeeze uh, four small homes on it or something and it's flat. That could potentially work. But uh, again, it'd have to be built, uh, I think, during times of year that would be conducive to it. Next question, are these homes any cheaper? Uh Again, trying to talk about an Austin market here and say what's what's cheap is uh, uh, very difficult, but they built a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath unit, about 1,100 square feet. It was around 450000 uh, They did a four-bedroom, three-bath unit for 745000 and a uh, four-bedroom, three-bath, almost 1,920-square-foot unit, seven ninety-five, And uh, they claim that these are comparable prices to similar units down in that market. So uh, not really any cheaper, uh, similar in cost, uh, but pretty impressive nonetheless. I have to give them props. This is amazing to to experiment with this new technology. Now, these particular units were built and sold, but they're, they're turning around and using them as rentals and um, VRBOs and those type of things. So uh, kind of an interesting concept. And uh, the build to rent is, is obviously very interesting as well down there. Um, but obviously some neat potential and exciting to see this actually come to fruition. I know there's another developer down in Texas, a larger scale one that is committing to doing an entire community of 3D printed homes. And uh, it'll be interesting to watch and monitor this as it develops and see 
how the innovation and the technology changes in this particular product and see how people uh, react to it, not only now and in the future, is it going to take off? And, uh, you know, there's other potential too. In our market, for example, uh, perhaps we don't 3D print the entire home, but could we 3D print the foundation? We use concrete foundations here, of course. So is that possible? And how would that look? And how would that work? How would it perform? Interesting things and certainly stuff that uh, we'll have to watch and explore as time goes by. So hopefully you found this really uh, interesting and uh, educational and certainly check out their link uh, to their website and their um, or the YouTube video rather if you want to see a, a brief tour and learn a little bit more about the particular product and the process. Once again... Thank you for tuning in to The Home Building Hero, broadcasting live from the Bellman Home Studio. If you haven't already, please make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future content. Until next time, I'm David Bellman, signing off.